Hello, and welcome to the Diary of a Female Entrepreneur podcast. This is the podcast that teaches entrepreneurs how to start, grow, and sustain their businesses while handling all the emotional challenges life throws at them like a boss. Here's your host, Nancy Mensa, business and life coach, international speaker, and the founder of Triumphant Women Nonprofit Organization. All right, everyone, welcome in, and thank you so much for joining me on today's episode I am your host, Nancy Mensa. Now, I am delighted. I am so thrilled uh, to be chatting with our guest today. And this is the episode, trust me, where you want to listen, you want to take notes, take action, and then repeat because this information is going to help you tremendously. Trust me. Now, joining me today is Amber De La Gaza, Amber, aka the Productivity Specialist. And that should also tell you what we're going to talk about today. (laughs) Amber is (laughs) the productivity specialist. She is a sought-after coach, trainer, speaker, writer, and she's also the host of the Productivity Straight Talk podcast. Please tune in to listen to that as well. And she's also the creator of Stop, the Entrepreneur Success Solution. Now, she helps driven entrepreneurs execute actionable solutions to maximize profits, reduce stress because we all have it and make time for what matters most. So without further ado, please welcome Amber to the show. Amber, I'm so honored to have you. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you. you. It's my pleasure. I was looking forward to this interview today. Yes. Yes. Me too. Me too. Thank you so much for being here. I'm really excited to talk to you. And I love the topic for today, just talking about productivity. And I know that's an area that a lot of us struggle in and we think we're being productive, but we're just busy doing nothing important or nothing that actually brings results. So I am ready to dive in. I am too. I am ready to dive into productivity any day, anytime. So let's do it. I mean, hey, you are the productivity specialist. So before we even talk about all that, tell us more about who Amber is. I mean, do you have any favorite cats, favorite dogs, or, or hopefully have our favorite food? Who is Amber? Oh, yes. So uh, me personally, I am a wife and mother of a nine-year-old son. Um, we also have a very large German Shepherd. That uh, is my, you know, that's my home team. And um, <laughs> let's see, favorite food is uh, Mexican food or sushi. And fun fact is, anytime I decide to go on a date with myself, it's sushi because my husband doesn't think that's a real meal. So. <laughs> <laughs> You know, my, yeah. my husband feels the same way too, but it is a real meal. It fills me up. I eat about 20 rolls and I'm fine. Oh my gosh. I can't even get to 20 rolls and I'm full, but I, I don't know what it is. I like it. It seems like a little like um, treat, you know, and yes. I'll go out and have, and I often do it when I'm traveling or speaking, I'll find a sushi place. I'll sit at the little sushi bar, you know, table, and then um, just eat some sushi because it's not usually an option for when, you know, the, the inevitable conversation happens of what's for dinner. <laughs> I agree. And I love Mexican food too. I, I love, and of course I'm in Texas. So, you know, we have some really good stuff here as well. <laughs> yes, for sure. For sure. Okay. So, t- and, 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 and your dog, um, as well, I love dogs. So yes. how did you, how did we, how did you become the productivity specialist? Yes. So I will give the eclipsed version of it, but essentially my background is in real estate. 
I this year will have been licensed for 20 years. I do not practice any longer. But along my journey, um, I actually went to college and got a degree in real estate and business management. And so through my journey evolution, I ended up being a business coach for real estate agents. Mm. And what happened was, is I worked for another company and our systems were amazing. The coaching was great, all of those things. Um, But I saw a running theme and the running theme amongst very successful, successful business owners was I'm so overwhelmed. This is great information. I had the best of intentions of executing, but I'm so overwhelmed. Mm. Um, I'm so busy working in my business. I don't have time to work on my business. Mm. And to be honest, um, it was a seed that was planted that I didn't even know was planted until many, many, many years later. And I set out to start my own business out of a passion and, um, gosh, just like this complete overwhelming, um, mission really is that I believe that business owners can learn the skill set of productivity. And I really believe that it's a missing key to the success because if we can't leverage ourselves and our team and our time, um, we often get stuck and we can't execute on all the amazing ideas that entrepreneurs have. Uh, And so that's where I really focus in on is to, you know, improve productivity for the business owner. Man, that's amazing. And I think that's why I said, you know, everyone just needs to grab a pen or iPad or something and take notes today because this is an area that you're absolutely right. It really kills a lot of people because you have the good intentions. You know exactly what you want to do. And sometimes you just either you're too busy or you, you don't even know how to execute exactly what you're trying to do. And, you know, you saw that you saw the need and just your passion drove you to do this. So you're no longer practicing. Uh, you said real estate, right? Yes. No, I don't. I don't (laughs) practice real estate any longer. I actually started my company seven years ago. And um, so since then, um, you know, of all the things you said in my bio, honestly, it's just different ways of delivering the message of productivity and how it impacts our businesses and lives, whether that's through coaching, training, speaking, um, podcasting, writing for multiple uh, online magazines is truly just to get the message out there that we absolutely have a choice and we can choose to improve our productivity to see rippling results in our business and life. And some of those are like you spoke about um, from, you know, my intro is, you know, lack of productivity does create a lot of unnecessary stress. And lack of productivity affects our profitability because in essence, being productive means you're focusing on the right activities to grow your business, thus growing your business uh, revenue and profitability. And then, you know, lastly, Nancy, is that I believe that anyone can, you know, go achieve these big goals in our businesses, but oftentimes it's um, an either or, like at what expense. And I believe in everything that I teach, train, and coach on is that we can truly have it all. So what is that life by design that you want? How do you live, you know, a life with hobbies and self-care and family time while also dominating in your business? Oh. I love it. Now, what else, before we even jump into this, because I'm really excited to jump into productivity, what are some challenges that you faced when you decided to just completely switch, um, you know, from being a real estate person to going into a different type of business? What are some challenges you face as an entrepreneur? 
Yeah. So I actually didn't take the leap directly from real estate sales into my company business. Now there was about a 10 year period, maybe Uh. eight year period, um, where I actually transitioned to the behind the scenes working for a large real estate firm, um, in the corporate side. And there I was an employee and, and I did training. So I was a trainer and then from trainer, I became coach. And through that, I got a lot of professional development and coaching and training and, and I was paid a salary. And so what that offered me was the ability to build up these skill sets of, you know, training and coaching and, you know, strategy and business, uh, while getting a paycheck. Um, and so when I went out on my own, the challenge was not to figure out how to coach or train. The challenge was how to be the best business owner I could be. You know, it's completely different when you're responsible for your own paycheck, your own marketing, your own sales, your own closing, and all the other hats you wear. So I would say that that was the journey that I was on, was just figuring out my messaging, figuring out how, um, where I fit in and providing value and being able to articulate that in a way that people understood how I could help them. Now, that, I'm, I'm glad you brought that point up because there are a lot of people that I meet or that I speak with that I, the question is, I really want to leave my paycheck job. I don't know when to leave or, you know, and, or they just, they're so unhappy at this paycheck job. But for me, I want to say that everything that you learn at this company truly sets you up for success. And I mean, you had the experience coming in, coaching, training, speaking, writing, and, you know, to successfully, um, have your own business, what one advice can you share with the audience, someone that's just wanting to leave their job? And I sometimes I always say, hey, maybe not yet. What can you learn from this job before you you leave? So what, what, what one advice can you share uh, with an audience like that? Yeah. So I just want to paint a little bit more of the picture before I give the advice. So it's a clear picture. Um, when I left, I had um, just given birth to my son. And it just changed my life. So I had been with this company for a very, very long time. And so I took all my maternity and all my vacation leave and just realized that the place I wanted to be was was raising him. And so I actually didn't know I wanted to be a business owner when I actually went in to quit. And what happened was, is, you know, I talked to my husband and we decided that I would stay home for the first two years till our son could go to um, preschool versus daycare. And so when I went in to quit, um, I was offered the, they said pretty much they, the gentleman leaned over the table and said, good for you for choosing family over work. And I was just like, what? Like I was so nervous because I had been with them for so long. I couldn't believe it. And then in the same breath, he said, would you stay on as a consultant? And I was like, uh, uh, um, I need to talk. Like I was literally out of words. I was like, I need to talk to my husband. Like I came in to quit. Like, I don't know. What does that look like? And he's like, well, honestly, like, here's what we would keep you on for, which was my like specific zone of genius, which was processes and systems and training. And, um, that's what they saw in me was the value of offering me, um, essentially being paid better than I had ever been paid in the 10 plus years I'd been with the company. And I was working nap times, you know, after bedtime before my son woke up uh, remotely from my home. And so I got a taste of the freedom of consulting. And I was like, wow, well, if I could do that here, I could probably do it elsewhere. Mm 
So my business idea came from the idea of actually seeing somebody else seeing it for me first, I guess, mm. in essence. Yeah. And then when I did it, um, and I did stay home, so I actually had my company incorporated my domain and exactly like the idea of what I wanted my company to be. By this time, my son was two months old. So in eight weeks with a brand new baby, new consulting offer, um, I knew that it was going to be bigger. And I literally sat on it for two years because I had already made the commitment that I would be at home with my son for two years. And so I knew I didn't want two babies at once. Um, meaning raising a baby and another business baby. Your baby business, your business baby. <laughs> yeah. So I launched, um, I launched my business on my son's second birthday, and the advice that I could give is, um, you'll never be ready. And I almost learned that from having my son. Like you think you're ready. Like I was almost thirty when I had my son, and I still felt like I wasn't ready. And so sometimes we have to jump and do it before we ever think we're ready because thinking we're ready may never come. And then two is we had already proven that we could cut back on our expenses so much that I wasn't feeling the immense pressure right away to um, turn a turn a profit. Um, and that was really, really helpful in making that decision. Man, we could just have another podcast episode. <laughs> Mama's listening. This was good. I didn't even see that coming, but I love it because, <laughs> I mean, and, and this is real life. This is real life for, for, for female entrepreneurs, just, you know, and choosing family. But I'm so excited that in your story that this company saw your worth and they saw the value that you brought to the table because not a lot of people have that same testimony of just, I came to quit and they offered me something better. It's almost like, oh, you want to quit? Okay, bye. Just leave. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And you know, there's a lesson there is we can't always see the way forward. Like you yes. just take your next step of faith and then the next steps will, will reveal themselves. And that's yes. really been my journey of building a business as well. <laughs> Man, I am loving this now. Okay. Let us now talk about productivity. So you saw the need, you saw how a lot of even top executives were just not executing. So tell us more and, um, and just how do you help people be more productive? Yeah. So I think a good place to start is defining productivity. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we have so many people coming to listen to this episode and I would bet as many people as listening would be how many definitions there are of productivity. Um, <laughs> you know, maybe you're thinking like, I need to be organized or a clean desk to be productive. I need to wake up early to be productive. I, you know, whatever the shoulds be, have been told to you or stories that you've told to yourself have somehow created what you view productivity as. And so I'm going to share my definition and then if you like it, it's my gift. You can keep it because it's pretty, it's pretty good. <laughs> so, I'm gonna, good. We're all keeping it. <laughs> so I'm going to invite you to my definition and my definition of productivity is we are being productive um, when we are investing our best time into our best activities. So I'm going to say that one more time. Being productive is when we're investing our best time into our best activities. And why that's a magical framework is because it can literally lay over any goal we have in our lives. It could, it could lay over, obviously, our business goals. It will lay over our relationship goals, our health goals, self-care goals. Um, you can literally lay that over anything because to achieve anything that we set out to do, there are going to be best activities that will propel you towards achieving that goal. 
And when we're not being productive, it's when we're so busy, we're overwhelmed, we things don't seem clear, and you're just wasting your time away and not consistently taking action on those high-value activities. So again, being productive is not something we're you know, supposed to be all day, every day. That's another thing that I'd love to just myth bust that right now. Um, I don't know about you, Nancy, but I'm the productivity specialist and I am not productive my eight hours a day, seven hours a day, even, <laughs> even probably six hours a day, right? Of it's course. really something we build up to because as you know, Nancy, is, I mean, our businesses require a lot in addition to those high value activities, Yes, whatever that looks like. And what happens is, we get inundated in in putting all those fires out or handling all of those things that the things that really, really matter get pushed out. And that's what I work with business owners on is showing them how to not push that out and make it a priority um, to see the results in their business. Now, why do you think, and I, I love your, your definition, and I hope I wrote it down correctly. You said we are being productive when we invest our best time into our best activities. Did I get it? That's right. That's right. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> and and so, uh, disclaimer, we are all taking that definition uh, uh, because it is, I mean, it, it summarizes a lot of uh, just why we're not productive. But I wanted to ask you, so why do you think so many people have a problem being productive? Uh, you know, honestly, it, um, in my experience, it's a variety of things. And for everyone, it's a bit of a different reason why. Some popular reasons are um, they're not really, really clear about the way forward. Mm-hmm. And so they're kind of throwing spaghetti at the wall and they're not consistent in the activities. Um, another one is mindset. So there's a lot to be said about self-sabotage, about um, not being integrity with our own word with ourselves. Uh, an example of that is, you know, you, you put time on your calendar that you're going to lead generate and 10 o'clock comes and 10 o'clock goes and you negotiated yourself right out of lead generating. Mm-hmm. And, and generally it's rude. It could be often found rooted in mindset Um, And so a lot of the work that I do talks about how to create an environment and systems and processes and organization to help you say yes to yourself more often. Um, I mean, there's really, well, let me, okay, you know what, let me do this. So the four pillars that I coach to um, and train to are how to leverage yourself, which is the mindset piece I just shared with you. Mm-hmm. how to leverage your time. So how to make the decisions about where you're investing your time, task management. Nancy, it's probably traditional of what somebody would lump time management to if, if you know, training. And then the third pillar is organization, which is business systems, digital organization, paper organization, physical space organization. Because if we don't have an environment that's congruent to us working our best, then we are not going to be working our best. And then the last pillar that I believe um, influences productivity is your team. So how to find leverage through people. And your team could consist of your team that works in your business 
um, employees, independent contractors. Um, you, it would be the people that support you personally at home, whether that's a spouse or a best friend or a family member. Um, and then also like your advisory council, who do you go to that supports you, um, on days that feel really hard. And so through leveraging those four pillars, um, and consistently leveraging those four pillars, I believe you can excel in productivity. I, I this reminds me of um, it, if someone sent me a page of a book that they were reading, and I'm not sure if you've and I'm, I'm trying to even remember the name of the book, but it talked about um, having a popcorn day or car keys day. Have you heard any about that before? No, neither. <laughs> so popcorn. So this the the author was comparing having a popcorn uh, versus a car keys, and basically popcorn was when when you're supposed to be doing that lead generation at ten a.m. that you scheduled yourself to do, you spend the entire day scrolling through Facebook or Instagram, just looking at what everybody else is doing, watching funny videos, just scrolling, 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 and then next thing you know, it's five p.m. and you've done nothing versus car keys where um, it, it gets you from point A to point B. And so for me, I thought that was also a good analogy. you um, thinking, hey, am I having a popcorn moment or a car key moment? So that also kind of reminded me of that um, as well. Oh, so, that's a great analogy. <laughs> yeah, that's a great analogy. Yes, popcorn or car keys. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, you know, Nancy, I think that one of the other issues that come up, and you can you can probably maybe confirm this for your listeners and your audiences, um, oftentimes it's not clear about, well, what are my high value activities in my mm-hmm. business, right? Yes. Like, great, Amber, you just said, invest your best time into your best activities. So what are my best activities and what is my best time? I think that's the obvious probably next question yes. to go deeper. And, you know, your best time is your distraction-free focus uninterrupted time. Okay. And so that's a matter of literally laser focusing on accomplishing the task or the activity. And there's a lot to be said about how to create that environment. Um, my environment for doing my best work, my best time is going to be completely different than yours, Nancy. Um, so like one fun fact for me. So like you guys just heard the story of like how I came out of corporate And so when I worked at home, um, when I was consulting, I was like, oh my gosh, like this is amazing. And I'm going to be so productive, right? Because I was in management before leaving. And so just like any good manager, your doors open, all the cubicles are outside of your office. You're hearing the conversations. People are walking in and out of your office. And somehow I had found to do my best work in that environment. And I thought, oh my gosh, like if I go home and there's no interruptions and it's so quiet, I am going to slay it. That's not what happened. That's not what happened by far. So I realized, okay, so why is that not true? Like I've heard like that's what you need is shut the door, distraction free, quiet. Well, I got home and the bird that landed on the tree branch outside my window was distracting me. The mailman distracting me. The dogs walking by the house distracting me. And I was like, this is so weird. And so I was like, okay, well, I'm going to figure out how to replicate what I had. So I went to a coffee shop and for the first year and a half um, of my business or in consulting, I actually worked from a coffee shop when I could. And I was able to, with the white noise and the hustle and bustle, do better work than in my quiet office. And so 
when I approach productivity, it's about honoring who we are authentically and leaning into that. If you're not a morning person, do not listen to someone saying you have to be a morning person. If you need noise, Nancy, you put the music on and you blast it and you do your work. It's our (laughs) job to find the best way we work. You know, I want to touch on that real quick and just you even saying be authentic to yourself and to who you are. That is a huge thing. And a lot of people, you know, and yes, there's some really, really great coaches out there. And but what worked for someone would not doesn't have to work for you or may not work for you. If someone can function on four hours of sleep a night, please don't think that you are the same way. Because you're not going to be productive. I cannot work in a noisy space. I need the house extremely quiet. And literally, I function best when it's dead quiet. You stick me in a Starbucks and my eyes will be everywhere. Because a little uh, crazy fact about me, I'm a people watcher. I love watching people. Oh. I like <laughs> I like sitting there and making up stories about the people that I see and wondering what their lives really are. So that's just me. I'm the weird lady in the coffee shop just smiling for no reason and watching people. So I would not survive in a coffee shop. But for you, that works for you. So just, you know, be true to yourself. You don't have to do just because someone said, I I wake up at three in the morning, you want to wake up at three. No. (laughs) Right. You know, I was way before my time, by the way, because now there's apps that you can put on, on your music or on your phone or on your computer that replicate coffee shop white noise. And that was not the case. Yeah. So oh, man. I figured that out and actually monetized it, which I think is amazing because I was just proud of myself for figuring it out and huffing it over to the coffee shop. But somebody has figured out that there's a lot of people that work best with that kind of white noise and and now it's available. Wow. <laughs> Oh man, I love I love our world. Okay, so you talked about just being authentic to yourself and choosing the right environment. What else? How else can can someone um, even leverage even the time, the organization, the team? Can you go into the four pillars? Sure, sure. Um, and you know what? I, I want to go into the four pillars, but I think I just one more step to this. So we've d- sure. we've talked yeah. about you know what is your best time, but now it's like, hey Amber, like how do I find my best activities, right? Like I'm sure there's all different industries, all different business owners listening. Um, And I have a framework I would love to share with you about how to find your best activities. Yes. And so as a business owner, I believe that our best activities are found in one of four buckets. Like that's it, four buckets. If you're investing in these four buckets regularly, that is your high value time. So Bucket number one is marketing, okay? And now, unless you're in a place in your business where you're hiring someone to market for you, um, it is your job to let the world know how you can help them, right? And so this could look like networking. It could be doing an interview like this. It could be um, however, whatever strategy that you're doubling down on to let the world know how you can help them and what value you bring. The more people that know, then when that bucket's overflowing, you get to go to the other bucket. And the other bucket is the sales bucket. So you're going to find your high value activities in showing up and doing marketing activities. And then in the second bucket, sales activities. Now, the sales activities, again, until you hire somebody else and build your team and you have someone solely working in sales for you, 
as you know, we wear the sales hat in our business. (laughs) So the sales hat is literally asking for the business. What it's not is going to Starbucks and having a meeting and being like, well, they know what I do. And if they want to work with me, they'll, they'll let me know. And I'm here building a relationship. No, that's building a relationship, a sales activity to mark as your most productive activity is that you've asked for the business. You've sent a proposal. You've done a discovery call. Whatever method in which you get in front of your ideal client and ask for the business, that's a highly valuable activity. And so we want to see a lot of that on your calendar. Mm. And you would be surprised at how many people get so busy in the other bucket that they squeeze out showing up consistently for marketing and consistently for sales. Because if you're squeezing out marketing, then you're going to dry that bucket up and then you don't get the opportunity to show up as frequently in the sales bucket as you wish. Um, Bucket number three that you would be investing your time in, which is highly valuable, is servicing your client whatever that looks like for you. So whether you're in real estate or you're an interior designer or you're a court online course deliverer, like literally fill in the blank. There is someone that's exchanging money for your services. And when you are providing that service, it is the highest value activity for you. Um, and again, with the caveat of until someone else is delivering the service with you mm-hmm. or for you. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't know about you, Nancy, but when business gets good, the bucket of servicing client starts getting a really overflowing. And what I have found is that when that happens, we get our head down and we focus just on servicing our clients. And then the business comes to an end, whatever that looks like, end of contract, delivered the content, whatever that looks like. And you look up and you're like, why is my pipeline dry? And the reason is because you weren't extremely focused in creating an ideal schedule of days and weeks of what that looks like that you're continually pouring into your marketing folder and your um, sell, I mean, not folder, your marketing bucket and your sales bucket. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then lastly, the fourth bucket that you'll find your highest value activity in is leveraging Um, through people, which is your team. And I think this is one that's really important to talk about for various reasons, but especially for women is because we tend to, not everyone, but women tend to think we can do it all. Like all, like hashtag all the things, (laughs) (laughs) right? And it's, it's not possible. Like, yes, you can do all the things to a certain limit, and at what expense and to, to then rise to the next level and the next level, it's really ultimately going to be through investing in people. And so as your business evolves and grows, you're going to be spending and investing more time in leading your team. So having a one-on-one meeting with your team member, explaining your vision, maybe telling them the next project that is highly, highly valuable time. Like that's going to get you a great return on investment of investing that time. And so just to recap, the four buckets are marketing and visibility. And then the second bucket is sales. The third bucket is servicing your clients. And the fourth bucket is leadership. And what we want to do 
is create as much time and space for those four buckets. Now, that leaves out a lot of other things that it takes to run our business, right? I mean, there's like, you know, bookkeeping and invoicing and customer complaints and, you know, the list can go on and on. That's all in the other bucket. And so the other bucket can't be ignored. But what I would urge you to do is flip it and say, I'm investing in these four buckets as a priority. And then I'm going to finish out my other bucket. And there's a lot of ways to do that. But how most people address their day is like, let me get all this other stuff taken care of. And then when I have the time, I'm going to make that sales call. When I have time, I'm going to go lead generate. Um, and that's a, that's very backwards way of always feeling like you're being reactive in your business versus proactive. And and people, with, uh, I mean, these four activities, uh, the buckets, this is such this is the foundational principles of every business the foundation the foundation of every business because you know marketing is just extremely important and what is your business without marketing what is your business without sales and you know or even servicing your client the right way and having the right team around you and the truth is you will never have time if you say oh you know let me let me ignore one bucket and pay more attention to this when I have time when I have time and the truth is you will never have time and and Amber and I'm sure you'll agree with me people will find a way to fill your calendar if you don't fill it Yes. Yes. 100%. You know, a lot of nonsense comes in. Yes, (laughs) it it is. And just the switch. So if we start with our other bucket, like in the morning and the day and the other bucket could look like, oh my gosh, I'm triaging emails and voicemails and text messages and, you know, putting out fires and all of that kind of um, activity. There's something called Parkinson's law and Parkinson's law says that tasks expand to the amount of time given. And so if your attitude amongst those is let me handle all those things and then I'll get to the other thing, I can guarantee you know this to be true, you meaning the listener, because how often (laughs) are you getting to the other thing, right? Mm -hmm. It seems like those those other activities that fall in that other bucket literally mushroom and expand and multiply. And so um, what your business needs from you is the investment in these other buckets to consistently um, grow. And when you're consistently investing in these buckets, it solves a lot of problems because the more revenue you have, the more profitability, the more money you can reinvest in your business, which means you can build your team. And then each team member has their way of supporting the larger goal. And it's not all on your shoulders. And so I have absolutely found that investing in these four buckets stops that that cycle of like, I like you have to do it all. How am, you know, I feel like I'm crawling towards my goals and all that stress and frustration that comes with that. Now, how, um, because you also mentioned something important, which is if you can, maybe if you cannot afford to have someone do something for, or if you're not at the point where you you can outsource things, please do it yourself. And I I have coached women that as soon as they start a business, they register their name, they start wanting, looking for everyone to do everything for them. And I've had people even tell me, no, but that's not my job. I'm the, I'm the CEO of my own company. And it's a little bit laughable because you're the CEO, but in the beginning, you're also the cook. You're also the janitor. You're also 
also everything. But at what point would you advise to start outsourcing something that um, that you just know is either taking up too much time from the, the other buckets? Yes. Okay. So this is going to be an unexpected answer and I can just answer <laughs> it in the way that I delegated. I first delegated. I remember I took the very first profits from my business. My first profit goal was to hire a house cleaner. I am not joking you because I was still manning, like keeping the house in order and deep cleaning it. And that was like, you know, a Saturday every other week. And so now I was pouring my hours into my business. I had a young toddler um, and I actually really am madly in love with my husband. So I'm like, okay, what's important? I do not want to be cleaning all day. I want to be spending quality time with my son. I want to be spending time with my husband. By the way, like I want to do a little self-care and I have these big goals of building this business. And so the first profit went to um, a house cleaner. After that, I hired um, my first assistant within my business, and that assistant filled a role of my weakest point. So mm. she complemented she um, my weak spot. And so my weak spot is going to be different than someone else's weak spot. My weak spot was conveying my message into words. And so even to this day, she's been with me for six years. Everything that I write in the world <laughs> – you call it social media, my weekly emails, you name it. Um, I speak it, she writes it. And because I'm very um, verbal, I process verbally. Um, And so I literally leaned into my weakness and hired for that to fill a gap. Um, And then over the years, I've added people um, on as contractors and then, or when needed, another part-time employee. And I did so based on my business model, my strengths and how I show up and where I felt my business needed additional help to grow. Um, So unless you're just starting your business with a ton of money, it's all about (laughs) investments into something that will give you a return on investment, which is generally buying back time. So when I look at, okay, can I do this thing? Sure. Can they do it at X amount and faster, quicker, and probably better than I can? Uh, If the answer is yes, then I'm going to look to see how I can outsource that. Um, That's good. Yeah. And then, you know, fast forward and I, and this maybe someone needs to hear this. Like, first of all, I just want to preface this with like, I was raised extremely poor. Um, I cleaned homes with my mom. Like that's how we put food on the table. She'd pick me up from school. My weekends were cleaning homes. Like this is what I did. So there was a lot of mindset that had to go on in my life and in my head between my ears about hiring someone to come in and clean my home. And, you know, you fast forward to the last 18 months to two years, I have a nanny slash personal assistant and I literally fired myself from my home. So my nights are playing Connect Four and Uno and bike rides and not doing the dishes, the laundry, cleaning the house and all of those things. And that's just because I have put a priority on my time and where I spend it and the money investment to me is a huge return on how I show up in, in my life, my relationships, and in my business. You know, when you mentioned that, um, you know, hiring someone to fill the role of your weakest point, I think that just defines just that alone because 
I mean, and of course you have to know what is your weakest point. And, you know, sometimes your weakest point, the question is, is it really your weakest point or are you just not trying enough or are you just not, you know, being lazy and not wanting to do it? And I have come across, you know, the two uh, where someone is just being lazy or someone just really doesn't have time for this thing. And and I'm glad you hired, you know, your assistant. When you mentioned that, I was like, hmm, maybe I need an assistant. Um <laughs> Because I just, you know, I, I, I'm one of Mrs. Fix It. And so I could be home working on a project. And all of a sudden I decide, hey, maybe maybe I need to, um, you know, wash the dishes. Or uh, what is that stain on the wall? Or what is this? What is that? And if I find myself just, just, just you know, going off into space and doing things that I should not do to take up my day. Now we've talked about the four buckets, Amber. Um. Is there any last advice, anything you want to share about productivity uh, before we go to help the audience even just to go ahead and execute? Um, no, those, those are the solid buckets. And, you know, I do have a worksheet that can be downloaded and with a visual of the bucket. Um, and the worksheet can honestly be used two ways. Um, and the first way is you just print it out and have it at your desk and you fill it in as your as your day goes. So it's kind of like a time log. And so if the activity falls under the, you know, the first bucket, you put it there under the sales bucket, you put it there and it will give you back an audit of how much time are you actually investing in these four buckets versus the other bucket. And then the other way that the very, Oh, go ahead. Oh, no, no, go ahead. (laughs) Uh, And the other way that the very same worksheet can be used. So you can use it both ways or choose your choose your adventure kind of is just using it as a to brain dump and be like, okay, here's the activities in my business that would fall under marketing and visibility. And this is what I'm committed to having show up on my daily calendar or weekly calendar. Here's what's considered a sales activity. Here's what's considered you know, servicing my clients and a leadership activity. And then you work it backwards. So now that you've identified clearly, clearly what these high value activities are, you then put them on your calendar and hold them sacred. Now, please tell us where can we get this worksheet? Where can we find you? Uh, I feel like we all need help and the whole world needs help from the productivity (laughs) specialist. So, <laughs> because, and, and, and Amber, I'm sure you'll agree with me, uh, even with the worksheet, even having the four buckets and the pillars, some people will still find it, um, you know, find an issue or find something that stops them from executing these things. And so how can we, um, you know, people come and get help? Yeah, absolutely. So um, you can download the worksheet, which is the high value um, activity identifier. And that's going to be over at theproductivityspecialist.com forward slash Nancy. Again, that's theproductivityspecialist.com forward slash Nancy. And then just leave me your name and email and we will be sending you that download. Um, and if you want more past that, honestly, you can find everything and all the information over at theproductivityspecialist.com for all the ways that I support business owners in improving and maximizing their productivity. Yes, yes, yes. Please, it is theproductivityspecialist.com just to get what Amber, to see everything that Amber has to offer your business. And trust me, you want to get what Amber and also to get the worksheet and even just to even for this recording is the productivityspecialist.com slash Nancy. 
Amber, it has been amazing talking to you and just such great information. And I just want to say thank you so much. I, I feel like we can go on and on and on. Uh, maybe that'll be part two for a podcast. Ah. Um, <laughs> I would love to have you back. So maybe that'll be part two. Yes. I mean, I, I am guilty as charged, loving to talk about productivity and how it impacts our lives. Um, no, I, I love it. I'm 115 <laughs> episodes into my podcast and I still have more to say and that just blows my mind wow. when I started I just didn't know what that journey would look like so t- tons and tons of great stuff yes 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 well thank you so much for being here today Amber thank you Nancy you've been great thank you so much it was my pleasure to get to know you and serve your audience yes yes well guys this is our show for today and Please, uh, if you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to tune in. Don't forget to share on your social media. Leave us a review. Subscribe. And also, if you want to find me, you can visit me on triumphantwoman.org. Don't forget to visit Amber at theproductivityspecialist.com and also to check out the worksheet. I know you need it. I need it at theproductivityspecialist.com slash Nancy. So, audience, thank you so much, and we'll talk soon. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Diary of a Female Entrepreneur. If you've enjoyed today's podcast, please leave a raving review, subscribe, share, and send us your questions. Want to be a guest on the show? Contact us at www.triumphantwoman.org. Join your host, Nancy Mensa, and a surprise guest next time for another episode of the Diary of a Female Entrepreneur.